the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Brown. So welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's Matt. How are you? Man, hope you're having a good week. I am as well. Um, this episode's going to come out a little bit late on Friday for you. Um, if you love my voice right now, can I tell you? Um, I might sound a little bit like a sultry lounge singer, something like that. I kind of, I think I have a sexy voice going on. Um, but the reason is, is I, uh, I'm down in San Diego right now. And if you know me, I live in Orange County with, uh, with my wife, Lola, my son, Val, who just turned seven last month, by the way. Um, family's phenomenal, but I'm missing them right now. I am in San Diego in a hotel, sitting in a Sheraton in my hotel room as I record this podcast. Um, I'm down at a conference. Now, the funny thing is I put on a lot of conferences, and this is the one or two times a year that I attend a conference for myself. So I'm attending the New Media Summit with a friend of mine named Steve Olsher. So shout out to Steve if you're there. We are learning all about podcasting, oddly enough. So I can't go to a conference all weekend long and then come back and think, man, I was learning about podcasting, so I didn't have time to drop my own podcast, right? Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to make this open pretty short. We're going to get it right into uh, today. Um, I'm here alone, of course, in the hotel, so uh, I don't have Jeremy with me in the office or Mike or anyone else. And we're going to talk about something that came up at a recent coaching call. So somebody said, um, you know, hey, can you use some NLP, this neuro-linguistic programming stuff, to help me get rid of this junk food craving? And as we started talking, as oftentimes happens in coaching calls with me, I realized there's just a few different patterns uh, under the surface that I want to make sure that we handle first before you get rid of a craving. So what we're talking about is, you know, if you have something like uh, French fries or, uh, or candy or chocolate or ice cream or just think of anything that probably isn't great for you, but you sort of just want to keep having that. I don't know if you relate to that. Um, I think everyone does at some point, you know, even if we have the most self-control in the world, there's probably something that makes us weak in the knees. You know, for me, it was like, you know, Starbucks white mochas made me weak in the knees. Um, then lately it was, you know, I'd have an IPA, you know, late at night or something, right? I'm watching TV, I'm winding and I'd have a drink or I'd have, uh, have some chocolate or cookies, Oreos. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, whatever it is for you. But I, th I think all of us could benefit from, uh, from shifting that thing. And what I found is in the NLP world, a lot of times what, what we do is we do this thing called the junk food eliminator, which is basically like kind of a neurological remapping where um, you, you look at the internal representation, the picture, sounds, feelings, smells, taste, self-talk inside your mind as you think about how much you like something, and then you shift it with something that you totally despise, something that makes your stomach turn, and then you end up sort of changing the internal reaction from the one into the other, if that makes sense. Uh, so what I realized though is before we even get into doing something like that, what, what I thought is I want to take a minute in this episode and talk about our, our patterns, our habits, and more importantly, our rituals. I think there's rituals that we all get into that can be really healthy for us and then rituals we get into that aren't very healthy for us. So there was a couple of things I want to find out from anyone who's having, you know, having trouble with, with any kind of a bad habit. And I, I think as uh, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're just a, 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 an everyday awesome, amazing person, you're, you're a parent, you're a sibling, you're whomever, um, the reality is we can look at the habits and patterns we have and we can make changes. 
if they don't serve us well. And what I found in my life, and I can only speak for me, is I, I, I would start going through life and I would start to, to get into these little habits or little rituals. And oftentimes I wouldn't realize I was in them. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I would just, um, I, before I know it, I'm, I'm having a little bit of chocolate before I go to bed and then I'm having a little bit more. And then pretty soon it's like, it's a habit and a ritual that I would go have dinner and maybe have a glass of wine or something. And then after dinner, I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd hang out with the family. Maybe I put Val to bed. Um, but then there's that time where it was like, oh, now it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock and I'm not going to go to bed probably till, you know, 11, 12, sometimes a little bit later, even depending, I'm kind of a night owl. Uh, I just asked my wife, <laughs> she'll trust me. She'll tell you she's uh she loves to be in bed by 10 if possible. Um, I'll come to bed between 12 and one. Um, you know, she stays up too, but she likes to be in bed a little earlier, gets up earlier and easier than I do. And I'm the other way around. So I started looking at our rituals and a couple of things I found, I think you'll find this interesting too. So first there's a few correlations. Um, the first correlation is between how much and how bad I'll eat or drink in a night connected to how stressed or uncertain the day was. And if I'm not thinking about it, if I'm not really paying attention, it doesn't seem like any big deal. You know, it's just, Hey, I, I, I had a glass of wine or I had some, I had some junk food or I had a bowl of ice cream or I had, you know, something, uh, late at night. And here's the thing. I, I, I kind of feel like a sloth now that I'm, now that I'm talking about this so much, I, I hope you don't judge me too badly for, you know, being different than everybody, but I feel like we're all in the same boat a little bit. You know, there, there's, there's that thing. Uh, that thing that, that that I fall into a habit of doing. So anyway, like as I'm describing this, I think, geez, I actually was. And there was a period of time where I was eating a lot of bad food. Um, and I'm, I'm a pretty healthy guy, I, I like to say. I, I, I know a lot about health. I, I've, um, I got a Vitamix and, you know, I had a juicer for a long time and a dehydrator. And, and I eat young coconuts and acai berries and you know what I mean? Like the whole thing. I've been vegan. I've been vegetarian. I'm not currently. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm always sort of. I'm always sort of in the know, so to speak, of most healthy related, you know, nutrition, exercise, etc. So that's not too far out of my reality, but I still find myself getting stuck sometimes in these bad habits. So here's a couple of things. Number one, as healthy as I try to be, um, I, I find that most of us, when we have a stressful day, will make an excuse. I'll make an excuse that, well, it was a, it was a big day you know what? I deserve a little something. Like I just want to relax. So I'll call it something. So ask yourself this, what's the label you give to the reason why the justification, why you, uh, you eat the thing or drink the thing more than you should, or at the wrong time or whatever. Some people call it, well, it's my one indulgence. You might call it your vice. You might say you deserve a little something. You deserve a break. You deserve a treat. It's a reward. So, First things first is pay attention to the verbiage, the language we use. You know, what do you call the thing that you're giving yourself that actually isn't good for you, but it makes you feel good, right? Um, I, I think, you know, cigarette smoking is a lot the same, right? Where someone can say, well, I know it's not good for me, but it gives me a good feeling because it's my blank. Is it your vice? Is it your reward? Is it an indulgence? Is it your one... Uh, not, not dirty secret. What, what was I looking for? Um, I guess, yeah, you know, my one vice, I know I'm looking for a phrase in there somewhere. Um, what do you call it and decide what that is? And then here's the second question to ask. 
once you know what it is, so I'm going to call mine my little treat, right? It's a treat or an indulgence, you know? I guess, yeah, I'm, I don't really call it an indulgence. Um, I met a lot of women who, will, you know, they'll say, oh, it's the, the one thing I indulge in because there's something about shame and guilt for indulging in something. So they like to indulge a little bit, right? And the interesting thing is when you take, when you try to take it away, if you just completely eliminate indulgences or vices or, or whatever, I think a, a lot of brains, we have a, a counter reaction. So um, the, here, here's my, my trick for you is instead of trying to get rid of the indulgence, just shift the meaning for it and shift how it plays out in your, in your life. So instead of trying to, to not have any vices, I'm going to say, okay, so my treat, my little reward for a day hard spent and stressed out, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on. I get a little, re I get a little treat at the end of the night. So first off, what did my treat do for me? So, so you get to answer the question, what does my treat do for me? What am I getting out of it? How does it make me feel? What's important to you about a treat is another question you can ask. So if I asked one person, I remember asking a client, um, and I said, so you have this, this reward for yourself at the end of the night. What does it do for you? And she said, well, it's my one time that's just for me. I get to relax, and it's just it's my time. Okay. So one of the things that's important about your, your reward or your indulgence or your treat, uh, and I'm going to call it reward from now on because I think I'm just going to land with that. One of the things that's important about the reward is that it's just for you. Someone else said, uh, you know, what's important about my reward is that I'm not supposed to do it. Okay, great. So that's fine too. What I found is the important thing is if you're going to get rid of a reward that's seemingly negative or not helping you, you have to replace the need, replace the value that it gave you. So the value it gave you was, you know, having something that was just for you, having a, a, a satiated feeling, having... Um, uh, an end of the night relaxing feeling or something. So it's got to be something you can do that would still relax you. And I'm sitting here with a cup of tea in the hotel room. Oh, it's very nice. Now, it's also relaxing. But it doesn't give me that, hey, I'm breaking a rule or, right, like I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, this It doesn't feel like an indulgence. What the tea feels like is if my reward relaxed me at the end of the night, this herbal tea also might relax me at the end of the night, right? So I could then replace maybe like, you know, alcohol with this herbal tea and I would actually be fine to do it and it would feel good. The problem is if you're not doing the reward to relax and you're really doing it so you indulge in something, that's a huge shift. So you got to you gotta look at, at changing the meaning and what the value is or what the need is that it gives you. Make sure you find a way to meet that same need and same value but with a different, uh, different outcome or uh, I guess a different method moreover. Um, so that's one thing, right? So let's change the reward. The second thing to look at, and this is interesting, is make sure you have uh, time slots and transition time lined up. And again, here's what I mean. So as I've worked with a lot of clients on this and also on, in my own life, um, in one case, somebody said, well, I have dinner. So what happens is we know what to do with our day, right? Like if you have a crappy breakfast, is probably because you don't have a system in, for you to go from getting up in the morning and getting ready to leaving the house. There isn't a system. What do you do with that time? It's a, it, like it goes into the twilight zone. Now, if you have a good breakfast, you have a little simple system for it. Or maybe you're doing like I am intermittent fasting where you know I'm eating like eight hours throughout the day essentially, which isn't really as bad as it seems. I basically have some water and some coffee in the morning, and then I eat around 1130, and then I stop eating around 730. 
So anyway, that's a, that's a side note, but that's what I'm doing right now. I'm kind, I'm not doing keto, but I'm sort of on, you know, that thing. Um, I'm basically just, I've cut out grains and breads and things like that. Um, eating mostly like veggies and sweet potatoes and some kind of protein. And I'm doing that throughout an eight hour period during the day. So what happens is if I have a system in place of thinking and a system of implementation, it's really easy to keep to that diet, right? I wake up and I know what I do with my morning. If I'm hungry, I know that I'm going to go have my water. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I'm going to go over and take my shower and get dressed and get ready. And then I'm going to do something in the morning. Now, if normally I'm eating breakfast by, like, say, 8 o'clock, that's probably a little early for me, let's be honest. Uh, Yeah, so let's say I'm eating breakfast around 9, right, because I don't like to get to the office before 10. That's my gig. You know, what's yours? Uh, So if if, uh, if I want to have breakfast at 9 usually, well, I have to have a new system in place. What do I do instead at 9 o'clock? And it worked out well for me. So now from 9 to, you know, 9.45, when I, if I'm going to leave the house by then to get to the office at 10, um, I'll sit down in the living room, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray a little bit. Um, I might, you know, check on, uh, after that, I might check on some emails. And as I think about it, right, like that's not necessarily ideal. That's not every day. But I need to replace the system. So let's fast forward to dinner time. So let's say I come home and it's 6 o'clock and it's dinner time. At 7, 7.30, you know, that finishes up. And then I play, with, you know, hang out with the family, put my son to bed. Let's say it's my night. Now by 8.30, 9 o'clock, I have this, what I would call a transition time. It's no longer evening, but it's not quite late at night yet. And this is where we get stuck. We get stuck when we don't, when we, stu- when we get in between systems, we get stuck, Right. And I hope this is okay with you. I'm just kind of doing, um, just kind of ranting um, with a, um, what do they call it? Just a stream of consciousness right now uh, about how we go about this process. So I really want you to think hard. What's my transition protocol uh, or transition ritual between one activity to another, one portion of my day to another? So I think a lot of people, um, you know, you're at work at four o'clock. And then at some point at six o'clock, you're already home having dinner, right? But there's a transition time. What happens when you exit in your unconscious mind, you exit the work mode, and you enter uh, the next mode? What happens then? Well, in order to go from work mode to home mode, I have to have a transition period, right? And that maybe is where uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm driving in the car. So I'm driving to work or I'm driving back home. And what I like to do is I like to create transitions for my way of thinking and, and uh, my mental capacity. So for instance, when I'm driving, uh, when, I, when I start in the morning, I'm in the morning, I have breakfast or, or right now, like I said, I'm not having breakfast, so I'll have a different transition. Instead of breakfast, my system is I'll sit and either chat with my wife and we'll talk about life or I'll read the Bible and pray and spend a little morning in, in the word. And then after that, I'm going to get up and get going. So around 9.45, I leave the house. I'm going to listen to a podcast on the way to the office, about a 12 to 15-minute drive. Now, in the morning, it's important. I'll listen, to, uh, I'll listen to business podcasts. And the reason I do that is I want to get my unconscious mind thinking about creativity and problems and solutions and really moving you know, towards what I'm going to be doing that day. So I don't listen to a lot of different ones, but I probably subscribe to about maybe 8 to 10 or 12 different podcasts. And uh, and I love it. I got CarPlay in the car, so I just plug in my phone. The podcast pops up right where I left it off. It's it's brilliant. Apple is the best. Shout out to Apple. 
So I only listen to a couple different business podcasts, honestly. Um, there's, you know, I'm starting to listen to a lot more because I'm here at this podcast, um, New Media Summit with Steve. And so I'm sure I'm going to be subscribing to a ton of, of, uh, of other influencers' uh, podcasts. But right now, you know, I listen to, I'll listen to Amy Porterfield. Um, she has a great podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. So a little shout out to Amy Porterfield. Um, I don't think we, we met once years and years ago at uh, an event with Bob Donnell. Bob was on our podcast a week ago. Um, so I don't know if you remember me, Amy, but I'm sure you're not listening, but if you are, Hey, if you know, Amy, tell her, I talked about her. Um, but online marketing made easy is a phenomenal podcast for, um, marketers or business owners who want, who are, or want to get online with their business. So I listened to her for like webinar training and things. And then I'll listen to, uh, her friend, Rick Mulready, who actually found his podcast through her. And he does all, it's called The Art of Paid Traffic. So I'm listening to that to learn about, you know, what's new on Facebook ads um, and paid platforms like Google ads, YouTube ads, things like that. So th those two really are enough. They each put a podcast out every week. Throughout the week, I don't have that much time, but I have 12 to 15 minutes every morning, uh, most mornings. Every day I don't go to the office, but let's say three, four times a week. Um, Every, all those mornings, I have almost 15 minutes to listen to something or part of an episode. So I'll do that to get in the zone. That's my transition. Then, well, by the time I get to the office, I'm creative, I'm ready, I'm rocking and rolling. Then at the end of the day and, and throughout the day, I'll do whatever I do with work, right? I'll write emails or I'll do meetings with the team or I'll have um, client coaching or client jumpstart sessions where we do uh, private two-hour sessions on Skype or people come in the office in Orange County and work with me privately. Um, I'll be recording a podcast episode in our little studio in there. Um, so I'm going to be doing something, right? Like work-related, creative-related stuff. Then at the end of the day, I'm going to head out. And one of the, the great things you can do for yourself when you end work, especially, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you got to find a way to compartmentalize life and switch off the work. I hear so many entrepreneurs say, I can't switch off. I'm always thinking about it, right? And Although to an extent that's true, I get some of my best ideas in the shower. I'm sure you do too, right? You're singing, you know, top of your lungs and bathing away and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. You can't avoid that, but I think it's so, so important and so useful to find a way to at least just shift your brain, to start looking in a different corner of your mind. So what I'll do is I get back in the car, 12 to 15 minutes on the way home, depending on traffic. Um, it's all surface streets. And I will then pop in one of my favorite pro wrestling podcasts. Why? I told you. I'm a huge wrestling nerd. I am just a general nerd. I like, uh, I just like that stuff so much. And I, I love this. You know, I still, to this day, I'll go to a seminar when I speak live and um, I'll always ask, I'll tell people and I ask the room, how many pro wrestling fans do I have? And I'll be lucky to get one in a room of like 100, 200 people. But there's always a good handful that raise their hand halfway and say, used to be, and I say, when? And then you get people to say, well, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, you know, Big John Studd, uh, Jimmy Snuka. Those are the people who were like me, right? They watched in the 80s. Then there's the people who are a little bit younger, right, in, uh, in their late 20s, early 30s, and they go, oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. I, you know, I remember all those guys, and I, I love that. So Ric Flair. So if you knew undertaker if you knew any of those names i'm already proud of you i just want you to know that the point is i will listen to a pro wrestling podcast because that's one of my favorite entertainments right i, I watch 
SmackDown and Raw. That's you know I watch that on Hulu. And again, I don't sit down and spend three hours just watching a show. But you know when I want to, I'm doing the dishes right, and I got 20 minutes. I'll take my my uh, iPad, put it on the counter, flip on Hulu, and watch 20 minutes of Monday Night Raw from you know three days ago or a week ago or whatever. So I I like doing little things where I get to sneak in some entertainment, something that's just like my indulgence. But I don't inconvenience my life for it. I actually factor it into life, and uh, and it makes it, I don't know, to me, it, it makes it a lot easier. Um, I get to double up things on time sometimes. So I'll listen to the podcast when I'm in the car. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll watch a little bit of the, the shows when I'm doing the dishes or when I'm uh, doing some brainless work on, you know, on the Internet or something. or I'm, you know, Nothing that I really need to think about too much, but I'm just kind of doing some organizational stuff or some graphic work or something like that. So anyway, that's a long story short, but the point is that helps me transition from work mode to home mode. Then I get home and I'm now I'm in home mode and, and I'm home. I hang out with the family. I love my wife, play with my kid. Um, you know, again, we'll eat some, eat some dinner, do the dishes, clean up a little bit, you know, read some books, whatever we're doing. We do kind of family stuff for most nights or, uh, whatever else is happening, if there's church stuff going on or if we're going out with people. But for the most part, most nights uh, during a week nowadays, I'm old. You know, I'm 38, you know. No, I'm not old, but uh, it depends on who you talk to. But I'm older than 20 and I'm younger than 60, so there you go. Uh, but, like, now that I'm I'm in my late 30s, a lot of evenings are spent at home and it's enjoyable, right? It's, it's not sad or anything. I, I like it. <laughs> I like being home. Don't You can't drag me out to the club. That sounds terrible. Terrible. So I'm home, I'm enjoying stuff, everything's great, uh, Val goes to bed, um, even Lola might go to bed, now it's about 10 o'clock or so, and now I have to transition from evening time to late night time. Late night is pretty simple. Late night I'm going to watch a movie, or a little bit of TV, or I'm going to read, or I'm going to play video games, or I'm going to hang out, and I might hot tub and hang out with uh, some friends. Whatever's going to happen, I'm going to do something late at night usually and then be in bed by around midnight, give or take, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. But the thing that will get me if I don't watch, and it might get you too, is the transition from like dinner time to late night activity. Um, if you don't have a, a ritual or a system for it, your unconscious mind might feel a little bit uncertain and therefore reach for certainty. And the way you can reach for certainty is by reaching for sugar or alcohol or, or maybe you struggle with other vices or other bad habits, right? You might reach for, especially maybe if you live alone, right? I'm, I'm giving family uh, examples. But if you live alone and, and, and you struggle with other bad habits or ways of thinking, things you don't want to be indulging in or doing, and you might find that that's the time you reach for it because it's in between two seasons, in between two, uh, two ways of thinking, and in between two habitual um uh, traditions of sorts or two habitual rituals. Um, so the first ritual is dinner. The second ritual is maybe again, movie late at night. What do you do in the in-between time? So it's important that you get that transition rituals down. It's like, like I said, you know, I have a transition ritual for, um, for leaving the house and leaving family time and going to work time. I have a simple ritual for transitioning from work time back to family time. And then my new ritual for transitioning from, um, dinner time to like late night time is I'll go turn on the kettle and go make um, some peppermint tea. I'll put on uh, some kind of a hot tea 
and I might, depending on how late it is, I might get like, I started getting some nuts, like a nuts and like cranberry, dried cranberry blueberry mix. And again, there's a tiny, tiny bit of sugar, but I'll tell you what, I'd rather have some almonds, pecans, and a little bit of a couple like dried cranberries and blueberries. I'd rather have that in like a trail mix, and, and but it's just enough that it gives me a little something, right? I'd rather have that than a bunch of Oreos. You know what I'm saying? So I realize there's some some nutritional purists who are like, you shouldn't have sugar and you shouldn't eat anything after 8 p.m. And like, well, I mean, settle down. Like, I think I'll be okay to have a couple of dried cranberries. <laughs> you know, like that's me indulging. But what I find is having that nice hot cup of tea, that replaces the need to have like a beer or, or a scotch or a second glass of wine or a first glass of wine or whatever. So I, like I don't need to have that anymore. Uh, and then having a little bit of dried fruit with some nuts. That's just it. All I really wanted, I didn't really need a lot of sugar. I just wanted something to munch on, just a little something to have. So I'll sit down in the recliner in the living room and I munch on that a little bit. I start sipping on the tea and then I start watching, you know, or reading or, or playing games or whatever I'm going to do or hanging out with my friends. And, and, and that's great. But the transition was the key. All right. So I hope this has been useful so far. Um, I know I, I kind of, uh, I, I sp- went around my, my life and stories a little bit. Um, I am, uh, I am working through what, what the format for this podcast is really going to land on end up long term. So I would love some feedback too, by the way. Um, it's so funny, you know, one time I do an episode where I get totally down to business and then I get feedback from people who say, I want more stories. I want to know about you. Tell me about your family. Tell me about Val. What happened this week? I'm like, okay. And then I'll do other episodes where I, I joke around a little more. I just kind of, I'm just, because right now I'm just being me, right? I just, I'm talking like you're in front of me because you are. And, uh, and I do, I thank you for inviting me into your life, uh, wherever you're listening to this right now or watching this, obviously, um, it, it's, it's your life and, and thank you for letting me be a part of it. Um, but it's funny that sometimes I do more, more family, more stories, more just kind of being me and just, you know, putzing around and talking and then people go, I really want this to be more efficient, get down to business. Um, you know, give me the three actionable steps and so forth. So, um, the way I feel is I think over time we're getting, we're going to get to know each other better and better. And if, you know, I might've met you, you might be in a high end mastermind with me, or I might've never had the privilege of meeting you because you're in Norway or you're in Australia and I haven't been there uh, ever or in a very long time. So my point is I want you to get to know me a little more over time. So I'm always going to be me. I'm always going to be authentic. I'm always going to be a little silly, a little wacky, a little bit off. But, you know, I, I like to say, you know, who you find on the podcast is the same person you find when I'm on stage live and in workshops. Same person that the team sees when I'm at the office. Same person my wife sees. Uh, well, my wife does say she wants to see a little higher influencer when I'm home because usually my, my energy is a little bit lower when I'm home. And she's like, I want stage mat sometimes, right? Which is still me, but it's just me kind of amped up a little bit. So, honey, uh, I'm coming home in a couple of days and I'm going to work on a higher energy influencer um, encouraging uh, pastor mat when I come home. Uh, so anyway, that's me. That's the podcast for this week. I hope it was good. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, we'll have a bonus episode coming up on Monday. Of course, join me on Facebook at, uh, facebook.com slash Matt Browning. You can, uh, like that page and then you'll get notified whenever I go live on Facebook. And then that turns into a bonus episode. Um, I will also be doing quite a few interviews should be coming up. So I'm really wanting to dive into, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I really want to dive into some entrepreneur origin stories. 
So, you know, having people that have had some, some high level of achievement, uh, leaders in their industry, and not just like have them teach us stuff. We certainly want to learn from them, but um, I'd like to be able to pull out some nuggets and, and learn from them as well as really learn what makes them tick, what makes them drive and and really uncover the origin stories that make them who they are. And I think we can learn a lot from that. It's going to be a ton of fun. That's also what the book is about, that uh, we're 90 days out from the book, 90 days. So be on the lookout for that. I'll tell you all about that uh, over the next month or so as we get closer and closer to the release date. And I'm going to tell you how you can get um, two pre-release chapters uh, and a bonus training all about the book. That's going to be coming up soon, so be on the lookout for that. All right, thanks again for everything. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review. We sure appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Um, it helps more than you can ever imagine, and it only takes about 30 seconds. Um, so that's it. Thanks so much. Have an awesome, awesome week. See you Monday.